the Abundant Life Church would like to welcome the KK, the VV listening audience to a rebroadcast of its worship service located at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106. Our speaker today is no stranger to us. Pastor Wayne O'Bannon has been serving the Abundant Life Church in the capacity as associate, and he has been doing a tremendous job. He is married to one wife, and he uh, celebrated with her a birthday on the 8th, and she is now mm, years young. Amen. Before Pastor Bannon, our speaker today, comes to us, we will be favored by another sacred selection from Shelley, Sister Shelley Sylvester. If you'd like to have a copy of this program, you may call us at 702-647-2627, or you may also watch this program at www.abundantlifelv.org. After this, the selection you'll hear, none other than our pastor, Wayne O'Bannon, hear ye him. Mercy, brought me through. Brought 
Sister Sylvester for those two beautiful praise hymns and you sang them like you meant them. God is real and God's grace and mercy brought all of us through. I'd like to say good morning and happy Sabbath everyone. Happy Sabbath to our listening audience. I want you to repeat after me. Oh, give thanks, oh, give thanks. Unto, the Lord. unto the Lord 
For he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let everything that hath breath, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. As you can probably tell, I'm in a praise mood. I want to praise the Lord for what he's done for me. I want to praise the Lord for what he's doing for me. And I want to praise the Lord for what he's going to do for me. Join me today as we look at the three R's of praise. The three R's of praise. Let's bow our heads. Father God, in Jesus' name, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We glorify your name for all the wonderful things you have done for us, the wonderful things you are doing for us, and the wonderful things you will do for us. Father, we praise your name. As I preach and teach, I also listen. Amen. Amen. Turn to the book of Psalm, the 145th division of the Psalm, verse 3. And as I told you before, if you come to service without your sword, you are unprotected. Psalm 145, beginning at verse 3, the word says, Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. It used to puzzle me so much why there was so much controversy about praise in church. Sometimes you, you, someone will stand up and clap their hands or they'll shout hallelujah or shout amen and folks say it doesn't take all that. But according to God's word, praise should be more than just a little minute part of your church service. In our scripture this morning, and I want to thank our scripture reader, in Psalm 150, verse 1, it says, praise him where? In his sanctuary. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. I believe what we have forgotten is whose house this is. You see, this is God's house and this is God's house. We are 
all the body of God, the body of Christ. So we are God's house, and that's where we should praise him. We should come from Sabbath to Sabbath with a praise report of something God has done for us this week. If you think about it, and you cannot think of anything God has done for you this week, you have missed it. It was there. The story is told of a, an eagle, a hungry eagle. And you know, eagles fly high. But they can see real keen. And this eagle was flying over the ocean. And he saw this fish, big, juicy. I don't eat fish, so I don't know what kind of fish that might be. <laughs> trout. Let's call him a trout. He saw this trout, and he says, I want that fish. But what the eagle began to do is fly over here and try and time right where that trout was coming and laid those talons in and got him. Many of us miss our blessings because we're standing still. Or we miss our blessings because we think it's there, we see it, but by the time we get to it, it's gone. If we trust in God, he will lead us to our blessings. And when he blesses us, if we praise him, he will bless us more. For we say when praises go up, blessings come down. And those blessings are not just for you, but they're for others too. I believe we have forgotten whose house it is. And whose praise it is. If I'm clapping my hands and you are not satisfied with it, brother, Pastor Lee was, I'm not praising you. My praise is to God. I have a reason, a right, and a responsibility to praise my God. You have the same thing. You have a right, you have a reason, and you have a responsibility to praise God because he has done so much for you. But there is a, an enemy. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. There is an enemy who forgot himself, whose house he was in. His name used to be Lucifer, but now he's called the devil and Satan. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which disweaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He wanted to be praised in God's house. Some of us. Sometimes we have the opportunity to be up front and we want the praise in God's house. 
What happened to Lucifer when he wanted to praise in God's house? God had to send him out. So you cannot stay here. You know, that's, that's, that's almost the equivalent of your nine or ten-year-old child saying, Mommy, Daddy, I'm in charge of things now, so I expect you to respect me. That doesn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense then in heaven, and it doesn't make any sense now on earth. And that child may not be nine or ten. He may be 17, 18, think he's all that in the bag of chips. Got him a little job at McDonald's making about $20 a week. <laughs> Ain't paid a bill, but he wants to be in charge. She wants to be in charge. It doesn't make any sense. Psalm chapter 24 and verse 1 tells us. Psalm 24 and verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. And so you don't miss it. The scripture says the world and they that dwell within. So that didn't miss anything or anybody. Anything on this earth belongs to God. And Satan knows from the time he was in heaven that God loves praise. But well, we see in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3, the angels daily always are crying holy, holy, holy unto God. God inhabits the praise of his people. He loves to hear you call his name right. But... The devil has his counterfeit praise, too. But before we look at that, let's turn over to the 35th division of the psalm. And look at verse 27. Some people will have you think that you could just praise God nice and quiet and just enjoy him. Be at peace. And you can do that sometimes. But what does the scripture say in verse 30, chapter 35 and verse 27? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Praising God is an act, and it has some volume. I said it is an act, and it has some volume. Some people, when you hear them talking to somebody, they're just so loud. But you ask them to say a prayer or give a testimony. Oh, yes, the Lord has been so good to me. <laughs> or you find that same person at a at a running Rebels game or at a, a basketball game or a football game, you say, have mercy, I didn't know you were so loud. But for some reason, we think that the quieter we speak, the Lord hears us better. And I, and I, and I think that that comes from us misinterpreting what the scripture says of 
speaking with a soft voice. Let, let all the earth keep silent. There is a time and place for everything, brothers and sisters. There is a time to shout for joy. There's a time to clap your hands. There's a time to bang on some cymbals. I started to have a child over there just hit the cymbals, but that was a scared y'all. I don't think y'all could have handled that. But the 149th division of the song, beginning at verse 3, says, let them praise him in the dance. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. That's the wrong word. <laughs> let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Brothers and sisters, David danced before the Lord. But David had a connection with the Lord. David was close to the Lord. And I believe if you and I get that close to the Lord, we may be moved by his spirit. And those looking around may say, ooh, look at Pastor Bannon dancing up there. But you know what? If it's to the Lord, I'm all right with it. Because that's what the word says. But some folk will have you think, oh, no, you can't dance. If the spirit moves you and you deny the spirit, you're denying God. But now the devil will have you think that you can practice that step at home. You off in your closet saying, what am I doing? They're going to look at me if I do this. Again, it makes no sense if the spirit of the Lord is in you. It will lead you and guide you into all truth. I don't believe we're going to be up in heaven all quiet, just walking around, holy, holy, holy. We're going to be shouting hallelujah. Because of what we went through down here, and we still made it up there. And it's only because of the grace of God, God's grace and mercy, that allows us to get up there. Because I can't do good enough to make it. You can't do good enough to make it. Only through God. But anything pure of God, Satan will dilute and make it impure. And we've seen it. We've seen folks saying, I'm praising the Lord. And we know good and well God is not in it. Because they're looking to see who's seeing them. Or after it's all over, they say, girl, did I got that step down. Wasn't that good? <laughs> all praise and glory belongs to God. As Christians, we have a right to praise God. Why? Because Jesus loved us enough to give his life for us. We have a right to praise God for sending his only begotten son to die for us. Amen. What about your reason? What is your reason? Because see, your reason can't be my reason. Because I have my own reason for praising the Lord. Many of us have gone through test after test after test. And those tests are to give us testimonies. Amen. But we don't want folk to know what the Lord has brought us through. 
I used to be a drinker. I used to be a smoker. I used to do all this stuff is what people don't want you to know about them. They want you to think that they have always been so pious. But Jesus gives us those tests that we go through and brings us through those things so we can help somebody else. For as you share your blessings and witnesses to others, they see that there is a living God. Because see, some people think when Christ was crucified on the cross, that was it. Now all we can do is just pray to the air. No, Jesus is alive and in heaven right now on our behalf. And one day soon, he's coming back. And when he comes back, I know none of us are just going to stand up and say, oh, here comes Jesus. Finally made it. We are going to be shouting with all our might. And that's what the Lord wants. We are his servants. We are servants of God. We sing this song, he lives, I serve a risen Savior He's in the world today, but is he in you? Can others see Jesus in you? If he's in you and he's in someone else, like the song says, the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. So grateful. Spiritual discernment is involved there too, brothers and sisters. If I have God's Holy Spirit in me and you have God's Holy Spirit in you and there are things going on in your life, the Lord will give me spiritual discernment to say, brother, what's going on? You and your wife having issues, having financial problems? The Lord will lead us and give us divine appointments if we just avail ourselves to him. And those blessings that he gives us to share with others, they go through us. We receive the blessing as well. It works both ways. God loves us that much. We have a right to praise God because he freed us from the bondage of sin. Through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, we are no longer shackled to the consequences of sin. For the wages of sin is death. Jesus died that death for me. He died that death for you so that you don't have to shed your blood. You don't have to die, but you must obey. There is a, a, a need for us to obey God in what he says for us to do. God freed us from bondage. We are modern day Israel. He didn't free us from Egypt, but he freed us from sin and from Satan. First Peter chapter two. First Peter, the second chapter. Verse nine says, but ye are a chosen generation. We didn't happen on this by accident. God chose us. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That means we don't eat like other people eat. We don't dress like others dress. And when I say others, I mean those who don't know God like we know him. 
a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous, not just regular light, his marvelous light. When you come into the knowledge of the truth, you feel different. You act different. You get excited. And you want to tell others what the Lord has done for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of of God and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together with Christ brothers and sisters our stock went way up when Jesus died on the cross we moved above some angels and that's those fallen angels. When we were created, we were created a little lower than the angels. But some angels decided to listen to Lucifer, and now they are below us. And soon they will be no more. Psalm 33, verses 1 and 2. Scripture says, rejoice. In the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. In other words, praise is a beautiful thing to those that are righteous. Praise the Lord with a harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and, and, and an instrument of ten strings. And then verse 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Everything good that happens to me is from God. My education, my finances, my health, all of that comes from God. You hear people say, oh, I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps. That's where I got the way I am. They are misled and misguided. For all good things come from God. Can we count the reasons why God deserves our praise? If we tried to in this small group right here, we'd be years down the road. If we began to think about what God has done for us and began to praise him and praise him and praise him. But think about what God has done for you that is worthy to be praised. When we think of the mighty acts of God, these testimony of praise, we could spend the whole Sabbath service just giving everybody one chance to praise the Lord for one thing, and we would go through this entire day. But many fear giving God the praise that he deserves. Oh, this good thing has happened to me, but I can't, I can't tell anybody about it. Or, or if, it, if it is good and somebody sees it, then I have to just say, well, it, 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 it wasn't all that. But God expects us not to fear 
in giving him praise. Let's look at what David did that day he danced. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal to Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God. In other words, this, this, this would be like having Jesus, I mean, having God just right in your presence. The ark of the covenant. They went to gather the ark of God, whose name is called upon the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubim. And, and, and let me digress a minute. Understand, Lucifer, who's now called the devil and Satan, he was the fourth in command. You had Father, Son, Holy Ghost, he was next in line, and he was one of the cherubims that covered the ark of God, the seat of God. He was right there in his presence, yet he got full of himself and lost his spot. Are you going to lose your spot as a Christian? You know the truth. You know the right day. You know the right way. But because of others, you're going to lose your way. Some people say, I've been in the way a long time. Yes, you have. Not in the way God would have you. You've been other folks' way. Folk trying to get to Jesus and you just, come on, let's go to Jesus. And you block it, as the young people say. But God is right, was right there. And Lucifer was right in his presence. But he chose to fall by the wayside. Verse 5 and 7, 5 through 7, chapter 6 of 2 Samuel. And David and all the, host, all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even the harp, and on the psalteries and the timbrels, and on the cornets and on the cymbals. And when they came to Nacom's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of God was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. God has a standard, brothers and sisters. The only individuals that were supposed to touch that ark were the Levites. And I, it, I, I, can, I can imagine him seeing it, it, it shaking and thinking he's doing the right thing. Some of us know people who think they're doing the right thing and they're going to be lost for it. For it's not what God wants them to do. God expects us to obey him in all things. In all all things. Then verse 9 through 11. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come unto me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord from him, unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obedium, the Gileite. And the ark of God continued 
in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, pardon me, three months. And the Lord did what? The Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. We miss so many blessings because of fear. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. I don't know why David allowed that act to cause him for three months to miss the blessing of God in his life, in his household. Sounds like a lot of church members. Something will happen in church and what are the first thing they're going to do? I'm not going to church. I'm going to stay out here in the world where the devil is. I'll feel better. That's basically all they're saying. This is the place you need to be when stuff is going on in your life. You don't need to leave church. Just go, oh, sister so-and-so wore the same dress I wore and she wouldn't go home and take it off. So I'm not going to go anymore. Or somebody didn't notice my nice hat or my nice suit, so I'm just not going to go anymore. Brothers and sisters, it's not about us. It's about him. And if you give him all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, you will see that and just praise the Lord for what he's done. Satan wants to cause us to be afraid. Why will we be afraid of God? It is Satan who wants us to fear God. When we disobey God's will and his way, how can we expect to truly be blessed? I'm praying to the Lord to bless me, but I'm holding iniquity in my heart. The word says God will not hear your prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning at verse 26. What does the word say? Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I commanded you this day to go. And you go after other gods, which ye have not known. God expects his children to obey. And if we would praise God continually, the world would see that they too have a reason to praise God. Better to praise God than to praise man. That means it is our responsibility to praise God that we and others will be blessed. Our heavenly grocery store across the way blesses us and blesses others and praises God. Our vacation Bible school reaches out, blesses us, blesses others and praises God. We who know 
have a responsibility to show those who do not know what God expects and wants us to do. Amen? Amen. We who know to do right must do right and show our brothers to do right. The scripture says if you see your brother in a fault, go to him. Don't, don't let him continue to wallow around in sin. Show him this marvelous light. Psalm 169, verse 6 said, Let high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. That's your word, brothers and sisters. That's the scripture. For the word of God cuts both ways. It cuts you and it cuts them. And those things that it cuts, it's cutting out those things that should not be, that you may be saved. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and the punishment upon the people. Now this sounds rough and harsh, but compared to the blessings and the glory of God, this is a good thing. To bind their kings in chains with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Our commission is set in the book of Matthew in verse 28 and 19. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them the things and the things that I have taught you and commanded you. Some people are teaching their own little doctrine because they have found a better way. God says, if, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering the sheep, you're scattering the flock. I don't want to be one that scatters the flock. When we stop letting Satan use others to steal our joy, and instead rejoice in the Lord. Many who now see Christianity as so hard and restrictive would see the blessings of the Lord revealed in praise. Scripture says, count it joy when you fall into diverse situations and trials and temptations. Count it joy because that's nothing but the devil. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But what you are supposed to do in that trial is to rejoice. Say, Lord, I know you're going to get me out of this somehow. Yes. Scripture says the Lord will not put upon us more than we can bear. He will give us a way to escape or he will take us through that thing. And I guarantee you, everybody can think of something that has happened in their life. And you, at the beginning of it, you say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. But when you got to the other side, the joy of it all was worth going through that. Now, some of us are going through some things in this life and we'll go through them until Jesus comes. But if we just hold on, hold on, the victory at the end will be so joyous, so glorious You'll look back and say, 
I could have handled some other stuff to get to this. I don't want to miss glory. I don't want to miss glory over some little incidental non-something. I'm going to give God praise in the good times and in the bad times. I'm not going to be afraid to praise him in front of anybody. You know, some of you on your jobs, you had your little prayer groups, but you got to go to a little corner off in the dark. Do it. Because that prayer group may keep a blessing on that facility. Some of you in your homes, you may be the only truth believer, only Sabbath keeper. Handle whatever the family throws at you because you can be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name. Satan wants to use others to steal our joy. If you truly want to get close to God, praise him. To help others see and know the Lord, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. You have a right. You have a reason. And you have a responsibility to praise the Lord. Now, the appeal is very simple today. Either you're going to be a useful vessel or you're going to be a useless vessel. For you see, there are vessels that have holes in them. And God is not going to waste his blessing on someone or something that's not going to glorify him. So I want to ask right now, if there's anyone here who wants to glorify God by living their lives according to God. Now, right now, you, 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 may, you may not know the full ramification of all that. But right now, something in you, the Holy Spirit is moving upon you to say, you know what? I want to be a worthy vessel to be used by God. If you are here, I want you to stand because we want to prepare you for baptism. Those of you, if you're already baptized, I'm not talking to you. We want to pre prepare you for, for baptism. We want you to get to know Jesus so well that it just becomes a part of your life to share him with others in the way you live. If there's anybody, there's not always anybody, but sometimes there's somebody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to ask you to come up front and just sit right down here on the front. God is about to stand up and tell Jesus, go and get my children. And once he does that, it'll be too late for you to decide, okay, I'm ready now. When probation closes, it's closed. And, and if, you, if you're not sure about probation, brothers and sisters, right now there's an investigative judgment going on. 
God is reviewing the books. God is reviewing names. And the scripture tells us it begins first at the household of faith. Those who say and claim that they are believers. And when your name comes up, God looks at the beginning to the end. And he knows if your heart is in what your life is showing. He wants to save you. He wants Jesus to come. If it were God, if it was possible, God would save us all. But some are going to choose not to be saved. They're going to choose to live their own lives or live the way of Satan. But those who choose, as our dear sister has, to make a stand. And some of you all who have been baptized, you might need to step up your game a little bit. Because some folk may not know you're a Christian. We must be seen of God, of others that we are of God. They must see the Jesus in you. And now my final appeal. Those of you who are Sabbath keepers, those of you who know the truth, and you look at your life and you say, you know what, I could do a whole lot more for God because he has done so much for me. If you want to make that vow today to God, not to me, that you are going to do more for him, I want you to stand the day. You are going to do more for God in your life. Father God, there are those that have stood saying, yes, I am going to do more for God. I'm going to study more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to praise him more. Because he is greatly to be praised. He is a marvelous, majestic God. And he has done so many wonderful things for me. And then there's, Lord, there's one that has come. and said, I want to be part of that special group that says, I am a child of God. The enemy no longer has bounds or he's not controlling me. But now I am walking in the spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit moving upon her, leading her in the way that you would have us go. And as the rest of the congregation now stands and we prepare for our benediction, Lord, we thank you for your mercy for your love, and for your grace. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us all remain standing for our benediction. I am sure all of you have been blessed by the message this morning. I would like to let you know all the visitors and members of the church, a lunch has been prepared for you in the fellowship hall. And as we close this service, we ask that you fellowship with us. Father in heaven, we are thankful for this message this hour. 
We're thankful that you have been in this house, thy sanctuary, and worship with us. Now as we depart from this place and fellowship together, and as we partake of the food that has been prepared for us, let us do so in thy name's honor and glory. We ask in the worthy name of Jesus, our Savior, our friend. Amen. <laughs>